Thank you for checking out this episode on Really Dicey's Game Master podcast. You can see the video version of this discussion on YouTube, as well as more content on reallydicey.com. Welcome to Really Dicey. This is Manny, and I'm here with Matt. And today we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon series that came out in the 80s. Um, one of my favorite series of all time. I still watch episodes from time to time. Um, it's, it's had such a, a huge impact on me personally growing up. Uh, it was my first exposure to what Dungeons and Dragons was. Um, I, I think maybe I started playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was 15, 16, but I think I watched the cartoon back when I was 10 or 11. Uh, so it was, it was the, one of the first major things I've, I've ever seen um, from Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, today we're going to talk about the series why it's important to us and i guess i'll share with you soon my my top five episodes uh, uh matt your thoughts well um i didn't watch it growing up um i grew up kind of smack dab in the uh the middle of satanic panic so <laughs> so i didn't have a, i was kind of a late comer to dnd um but i have since gone back and watched the episode um watched the series and uh, it, it really is fascinating. It, uh, you know, even though I didn't, <clears throat> even though I didn't see the series, I did see 80s ca- cartoons. So it was nostalgic in that way. And um, it was very interesting to see uh, all the, um, the D&D tie-ins, you know, all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really fantastic piece of uh, D&D history. Now, since you watched this much later in life than I did, because uh, some people have said that uh, the Dini cartoon is only great to me because, you know, I remember it being great because I saw it <laughs> as a kid. But you being a much older individual, um, uh, do you did you feel, feel it was corny or did you have any problems with that? Well, I mean, um, bits of it were corny. I mean, you know, it, it was an 80s cartoon. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, bits of it were corny. Um, it also had, uh, there were a lot more restrictions on cartoons in the 80s. Uh, there were a lot of um, parents' groups that were always griping about uh, violence and things. Um, so, you know, I immediately noticed that uh, one of the characters is a cavalier, right? But he doesn't have a sword. <laughs> In fact, nobody has any swords. The bad guys have swords, um, but the cavalier had a shield. Um, and um, you know, also th- this cavalier named uh, Eric was uh, the spoiled rich kid, and er- all, every- everybody else was really mean to him. And um, but he was abusive um, and kind of snobby, and he was always wrong. He was always proven to be wrong. And that turns out to be uh, a direct result of the parent pressure groups. Um, the, the writer of the show actually said that Eric's personality um, was an attempt um, by these groups to push the then uh, social narrative uh, that the group was always wrong, uh, right and the individual was always wrong. Mm. which is you you see that a lot in in 80s cartoons it comes up all the time groups are are right and individuals are wrong yeah you should go with the group um so you know um in that way it did did 
seem like a product of its time. Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny with D&D groups, it's sort of almost sort of the same, because if you have, you have a group and one person wants to go the other way, we try to talk them out of it because we all know what's going to happen to that individual if they go to that dungeon by themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty interesting to see. Um, you know, it, it was. I did a little bit reading about the show. Um, Gary Gygax is listed as the co-producer. Uh, the show ran for three seasons from 1983 to 1985, which puts it smack dab in the middle of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons first edition. Um, the characters on the show, some of the classes are Cavalier, Barbarian, and Acrobat. Well, those are all from Dragon Magazine. The Cavalier, the Barbarian, and the Thief Acrobat were all originally introduced in different Dragon Magazine's articles. And later uh, they were in Unearthed Arcana, which came out in 1985. So, uh, you know, there's all sorts of interesting tie-ins. Uh, although, um, you know, you, you notice a few things right away. Um, the Cavalier doesn't have a mount. <laughs> Cavaliers are mounted aristocrat fighters, and he doesn't doesn't have a horse at all. No, no mount at all. Um, Bobby the Barbarian, uh, the, the youngest kid, um, he never rages. And you know, I've been trying to work that out. I'm trying to remember if early barbarians raged. Was that a, was that a thing? Do you remember in in first edition? Is it Anarfakana? Yeah, it's on Earth Arcana. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's find out. All right. All right. I, I know what you mean. Technically, he didn't rage, but he he was a you know a young boy, so he's just right. very right. upset. He had the club and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Personally, uh, on a side note, I don't like the rage. I, I don't understand why barbarians rage. I don't know where that came from. I mean, the class is clearly based on Conan. Mm. He never raged. He never lost. Well, he punched out a camel, but I mean, it's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't understand where the barbarian rage comes from. It's it's that berserker thing, which is a pretty ahistorical sort of idea. Maybe going back to the naked pics. <laughs> but hmm. anyway, well, it, it could be a misunderstanding, or uh, well, I mean, we as a culture we look at when we think of barbarians in this time, we kind of think of them as although it's wrong the idea of they're, they're like they're savage or primitive and if they're angry they're just uncontrollable yeah um maybe yeah. that's where it comes from um because you know, you're right i don't i don't yeah, yeah you're right conan never went insane he was not yeah. he actually he was actually very tactical exactly um, exactly yeah i mean i love the idea of the um uh, the 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 warrior that exists in a you know fr from a primitive society who uh, rejects the trappings of civilization and is very distrustful of magic. I, I always love that. I, I like the idea of the the anti mage fighter. <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway, so yeah. I'm looking here. I don't see anything about rage. Let's just. I'm looking to tech delusion. Yeah, that's right. They can see through magic. Yeah, because yeah, they're so anti-magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that idea. The uh, rage? I I don't know where the rage came from. <laughs> All right. I will put a, 
a note <laughs> in the video if I found it and I'm wrong, but I don't see sure. anything about that. Um, All right. well, you know, if we're wrong, rage at us in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Unleash your barbarian in the, in the comments. Um, so, you know, the, the other interesting thing was that um, uh, this cartoon, these characters had a cameo in Forgotten Realms. In, oh, did they? Yes, yes. In the Forgotten Realms comics, I believe, there was a one-shot in which we uh, we see some of the characters, and I believe Presto um, wants to become Elleminster's apprentice. God, God help him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he gave up and realized, all right, I might as well make my home here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, it, it was a it was a great show. I really liked it. Um, I liked that it had a little it had a little bit of everything. It had a little bit of science fiction in it. There was that lost children's episode, so it was kind of like the expedition to uh, Barrier Peak. Like, you know, early D and D had more of a a Vancean feel, where sometimes a little bit of science fiction cramped in. Um, and there was time travel, uh, which didn't wasn't so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, there was definitely elements of horror. Yes, in, in the yes, show, there are horror episodes. There were two, um, you know? and of course they had the classic uh, monsters from time to time, like they had the Beholder and the I Have to Beholder yeah, episode, yeah. which which I, it, it's I don't know how I don't I don't think it's it's definitely not the same stats wise as Beholder in the books. Well, but, that's one of the things I really liked about the show. And, you know, it had a lot of um, their traditional monsters, the Beholder and um, unicorns and and things like that, but it gave them new abilities, it kind of like swapped them out. So it kind of kept things fresh, right? The yes. unicorns could, could teleport like blink dogs and the beholder was undone by beauty. Um, that's one thing I, I liked about the, the show was that um, combat, again, probably because it was an 80s comic, uh, television show, combat was um, short and uh, less violent and often uh, victory wasn't based on fighting prowess. A lot of these monsters had kryptonites, uh, you mm. know, like the, the beholder, right? they shouted a pretty flower and, you know, ah, it faded away, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of corny, but also, you know, I think there's something to be learned there. I think that could be a good way to liven up combat because so often, combat just becomes this war of attrition where people whack each other over and over and over again and your hit point bar goes down and down and down and then somebody dies but um in this show you know antagonists ran away or somebody did something clever um or they like i said they had a they had a weakness that was exploited you know so i like that um you know sometimes again it was corny uh, and got a little cartoonish, you know, they, they, uh, they were riding a giant worm at one point. <laughs> uh, and, and they fooled some people by having uh, three of them uh, wear a cultist's cloak, like standing on each other's shoulders. I, I mean, that's where the kobolds got that idea. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, you know, that, that could be a great game. Uh, again, if that's the sort of game you want to run. I mean, like yeah. in Session Zero, if you say, hey, guys, we're going to be running this kind of as a cartoon, so things are going to can be a little wacky. So that could that could be fun. Yeah. 
I, this, this, this show in a way is very moral. It always asks the same question um, almost, almost in every episode. What would you have to do to get home? What would you sacrifice? And a lot of episodes, there were times where they had to, they were able to get home, but yep. they, they sacrificed in order to save someone or save a group of people. Yeah. Um, so that, that was really interesting. Um, the, the show was very violent and there were definitely there were parent groups that were trying to shut that down, which was a, <laughs> a shame. I would like to see what they would have created if they weren't held back so much, the creators. Yeah. Um, and they had a lot of talented writers. They had uh, Paul Dini from, um, uh, who's uh, known for Batman the Anime Series. They had Michael Reeves, who's done all sorts of great work as well. Um, and so, um, so yeah, this, this, this show, oh, well, I think what made the show that there's a lot of different factors. One, monsters, lots of great monsters, lots of variety of monsters. Even yeah. Avenger yeah. was the recurring main villain over and over again. There was always a, a different type of monster they featured, from bullywogs to orcs and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, also, they had the, the riddle aspect. And every episode that begins, the dungeon master shows up and gives them a riddle for their adventure. Yeah. Um, their adventure. So they, because in every episode, uh, they try to they're trying to find a way home yep. so that was kind of cool because you were as if you as they were going through the adventures you as as a as a as a viewer were trying to um uh figure out what was the the meaning behind the riddle and some mm -hmm. of them were pretty some of them were pretty easy and corny and some of them were actually like pretty innovative in my opinion whenever i have adventures set up uh, i try to have like a a riddle as well like something mysterious for mm -hmm. them to solve so it's not just all hack and slash there's something they have to really think through uh in this in my adventures yeah yeah i like that i like that yeah speaking of dungeon master let's let's talk about dungeon master right. <laughs> um so um for those who don't know um maybe tell us who dungeon master is well dungeon master is a wow it's not easy to explain he's definitely not god um but he's definitely almost like the storyteller the the, the bridge between um uh, the viewers to the world in a way, um, uh, almost like the moral compass of the show as well. Um, but the, what, the, what the character is, is pretty much a, I'm going to assume it's like an ultra powerful wizard um, who uh, guides the children to try to get them home. And along the way, also helps them help other people as well. Right, right. You know? yeah. But I, I think, I think if looking back at it, it, I think his role also is to teach them lessons besides just trying to get home. Yeah, uh, he, he's a, a very interesting character uh, because particularly uh, if you come to the show like I did a little bit later, right? You have a very specific idea of what a dungeon master is. <laughs> and to have a character like in the show called dungeon master, he's a character in the show would be like having a your dungeon master in the game. Um, as a character, and he, he's not a he's not a DMPC, which uh, which you know you you might know um, mm. the the infamous idea where where the the dungeon master also has a player character, which is usually disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this guy was actually both the dungeon master and the character, um, and I really haven't seen anything like that in a game uh, until uh, Rutama, that um, Japanese nature role-playing game we did a video about 
a while back, uh, where the the GM actually has a dragon character in the game who can show up and guide the players. Hmm. So, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Um, and yeah, you know, you're right. He always gave cryptic instructions. Um, would you say? I mean, I obviously the cartoon isn't a game of D and D, but would you say the that dungeon master was a good DM. <laughs> that's that's a tricky question. Um, um, I don't think Eric would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I will know. <laughs> um, myself, I, I think so. I, as as a if if I was to look at him as a as the as the way for the writers to talk to the characters, the way a dungeon master would uh, mm -hmm. play with their players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um. um uh, he, he gives them a quest. He helps them out. Um, even though there may there were some episodes where they seemed like they were gonna uh, be dead, uh, he does come in and a pinch sometimes, um, or sometimes to elaborate more. If they're a little stuck on his riddle, sometimes he'll show up and say, "Oh, you know, you did this wrong, and and this is what you should be thinking of." Um, although there were some episodes where he was just a, a character in the show, he had no uh, ability to help them whatsoever. They had to actually help him a few mm -hmm. times. Yeah. You know, um, like the um, search of the dungeon master where War Duke um, uh, prisons him with the ice sword, um, and, yeah. that, and the characters and uh, the main uh, main characters have to go save him. Um, so, I mean, I think so. I, I would say, I want to say yes. I mean, if you look at it, especially at the the unreleased final episode Requiem, um, and how it's supposed to end, then yes. Yeah. You know, although in and again, it's he's he's just a character because in, in in Requiem, and I hope I'm not spoiling it for everyone. If you haven't oh, seen no. that, <laughs> that <age> old cartoon. <laughs> if you haven't you haven't seen it yet, uh, well, or no, I'm talking about just just YouTube uh, Requiem Dungeons and Dragons, and you'll see the the episode. Um, some uh, they were able to construct something out of the final script, which was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, I've seen it. They did a good job. Yeah, but when you find out that. Uh, it's almost like his purpose was to help his son to come back to the good side again. Um, but, but now it all makes sense. Um, and in his way and how, how the show ends in the final script. Um, I guess to, to try to answer your question, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say because he's, he's not a storyteller. You know, um, he's, 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 a, he's a character, but storyteller. And, and, and sometimes he is to quest. You know, it's hard, it depends on the writer. Right. No, that that's true. Let's see. How would how would Dungeon Master himself ask that question? The best oh, storyteller is one who does not tell the story or something <laughs> cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll turn around and disappear. Like what? Wait. Oh, where'd you go, Dungeon Master? <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's so since we're talking about adventure, let me share with you my my top my top favorite episode, my top five favorite episodes for, um, uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon series. And it was, it was hard. I admit there was, there was at least 10 episodes that I had to like think about and like, like, was this more, does this, this better in this one? Cause I, I tend to like them for different times, different eras of my life. Um, <laughs> so I guess right now, this will be my top five for, for, <laughs> for this century, oh, right. for this decade. Um, <laughs> Number five, uh, the dungeon at the heart of dawn. Um, oh, yeah. That's a pretty. Um, I guess that's the, the one episode I would say is the most horrifying 
uh, than all the episodes because the dungeon master loses his powers. They're actually they're hunted down by a, a, a Satan-like figure. Um, uh, they they don't say his name, but they kind of hint at it. And 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 Avenger uh, loses his powers. They have to work together with him, and they have to get to this this device so they can get Dungeon Master back his powers. The very intense um, uh, episode because unlike the other ones, if something went wrong, maybe the Dungeon Master may step in and help out. They were they had no parachute this time, so yeah, they, they had to be really careful. Pretty wild, you know that that dark force they unleashed was just unstoppable it was this huge storm of evil that was you know raising the planet that was that was tough all i can say though is that if 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 that was in the box dungeon master really should have been a little more clear about don't open the box (laughs) (laughs) indeed indeed that was that was his give me a little warning label you know (laughs) (laughs) um number four um ironically enough uh, called the box. Oh, um, that. Yeah. yeah, that was a great episode. I love that. Uh, that there's this magic item, this chest that you put it in some place around, and it takes you to some place different. And by accident, they were trying to use this box to try to get back home. And by accident, they got the wrong spot. Well, not accident. They were tricked by yeah. illusion by Avenger. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, they opened the box. This weird, crazy dimension. It was like like almost Dolly like. Um, and then there was this huge bee monster and they they ran out of there uh that was awesome and then you you find out that uh if you put in a certain place they could get home and venture went to their home world and threatened to destroy it so they had to go back to stop him and they lost their chance that was was Um, pretty cool actually i um i i I made a list of uh of of, uh, things that just steal from the show like great ideas Mm -hmm. and that box was in it you know just be clear it's a it's a box that contains sometimes it just contains whatever you put in it and sometimes it contains stairs that go down the different worlds but the context of the box the contents of the box is determined by its physical location (laughs) so if the box is on one side of the room and you put a puppy dog in it and you pick the box up and move it to the other side of the room the puppy dog is gone until you pick the box up and move it back to where it was when you put the dog in, which is just a mind-blowing idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look, great episode. Um, number three, City at the Edge of Midnight. Mm. Um, I've actually, this is the one episode that I've actually made a story out of for my players. Mm. Um, and it went well. Um, I would have I would have changed though, not using it from Earth, because that I sort of confused them a little bit too. I would have made it from a different uh, area in, in um, I think it was Forgotten Realms while I was playing in at the time. Um, but it's a, it's a great episode. The idea of um, um, uh, children being stolen uh, to to work in this uh, clock tower so it, it, so it could stop the clock from striking midnight. And it's run by these lizard monsters and this, uh, the what's it called? The Nightwalker, this demon. Um, and I, I just thought it was a great episode. Uh, it introduced some, uh, some interesting new um, uh, supporting characters as well, I, I thought. Um, um, it's, it, it's, just a, it's just a fun episode. It's, it's definitely an episode I like because I envisioned that as a campaign already once I finished watching it. You know, like the idea of a, of a dungeon, but instead of a dungeon, it's a clock tower, and you have to stop it from striking midnight. It, I think it's probably a fun scenario. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I, I, I must admit, I missed that one. 
Uh, I will go back. I'm going to go back and watch that tonight. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> City um, on the Edge of Midnight, did you say? Yes, City on the Edge of Midnight. Um, number two, Valley of the Unicorn. Oh, uh, yeah. That one's a, a good, fun one. Um, and also, I think I find it the most emotional for some reason, like the the fact that um, uh, Bobby uh, uh, was stuck in place and wasn't able to save his dragon in time from being, from his horn from being stolen. And it was his his, uh, his anger that broke through that ice thing. I don't know. I was like, I thought that was, that was cool. I, I don't know. Something about that maybe it's a little simplistic, but at the same time, I, I like it. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great unicorn lore. Also. Yeah, I know. I agree. That was a very emotional episode for me. It was it was um, when the wizard stole the horns. Calic, uh, yeah, I believe. Yes, Calic. Yeah, I liked him. Uh, the wizard, the the poor unicorns were just you know they went from being being these majestic beasts to just these rail thin gray you know beat down animals. It was yeah, it was tragic. So, yeah. Kalik, just to sidetrack a little bit, Kalik was also a, an action figure. Uh, Kalik, Strongheart, Warduke, um, and Warduke was my favorite like toy growing yeah, up. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure why. Like I'm, I'm looking at it. I've known if you looked at it recently, and part of me is thinking like, like okay, this this person's like like half blue armor, blue dragon armor. And half not like like almost like barbarian and but has a cool helmet with bat wings and red eyes, you know. It's almost like it's it's like it's like he's two classes in one. It's like it's almost like let's make sense. But there's something about him that is just really cool. It's just something about the design that just worked. Yeah. Um, you know. But my number one uh, episode that I, I I love the most that has made a huge impact in how I looked at animation forward after seeing that episode is. The Dragon's Graveyard, mm. because if you're stuck watching uh, cartoons from the '80s, all of them are very cyclical, and in a way, they don't they don't um, uh, 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 move on story-wise. For example, the Smurfs, Gargamel, the Gargamel will always be after the Smurfs, trying sure. to get it, and, that, and it's going to keep going over and over again. Same thing with Gummy Bears. Uh, same thing for like most '80s cartoons, Spider Man and Friends. It's always the same template. Nothing moves on. No, the story doesn't change. Right. But this episode is different because the characters are almost self-aware. We're like, okay, every time we try to get back home, Venger stops us. Why don't we just take out Venger once and for all? And that, to me, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Why? Why don't you do that? And the fact that they 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 just planned, they got Tiamat to work with them. They uh, Dungeon Master wasn't happy about it. It's probably the first time Dungeon Master did not agree with their plans and try to try to talk them out of it. And um, he, he sort of went along with them, but he was sort of disappointed in them. And um, and they they did they did it. They beat Venger. They they got him in the Great Dragon's graveyard. Their weapons were stronger than ever before. They had a chance to kill him, and they don't. And it was such a and it's it's and it's a it's a it's a hard episode in a sense because it's like it's like this is it this, they could just finally go home and all they do is kill him and they don't don't do so and they realize that by doing so they would lose a part of themselves and it's it's like almost like showing how desperate they are to want to go home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, um and the episode ends with the dungeon master coming and says hey you've you've um, um oh, I forgot the great line set but something like you've made your first big step in going home. Um, so that, that, so to me, that's, it's, it's a great episode because it's, it's, it, again, it's not many, 
episodes of car- cartoon episodes in the 80s that m- ever like really made you really think that way about a series um, and think like, hey, maybe we should think beyond the, the template that they set up and think about like, okay, how do you actually solve this problem? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, so that's why to me that's my favorite. That's the episode I always I will watch like every like once a year at least. Hmm. Uh, whenever I'm feeling down a little bit, and I want to watch a great episode of something. I'll watch <laughs> that. Cool, cool. Yeah, that episode, um, that episode also upset the parent groups. <laughs> yeah, because it was the first time where main characters were like, "Hey, let's kill the bad guy. What's the fault? What are we doing?" You, like, Maybe you, even murder is the answer. Maybe that's what we can do. <laughs> Although. You know, at the end, they decided not to murder them. So yeah. I think yeah, that's, so that, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like like Transformers, same thing. Like they knew, like, instead of like, they always waited till the Decepticons did something before they got out of their base to do something. Why not have any of them ever, like, any of them considered like, maybe we should find out where they are and destroy them. Why wait for them to do something before we yeah, react? Yeah, exactly. You know, so that 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 episode really like, as, as, as a storyteller, really opened my eyes as a kid. So um, let's let's talk about uh, what I mean. What Dungeon Masters can still mine from these episodes? I think there's still a lot of great things. I'm surprised that um, almost said TSR Wizards of the Coast doesn't make like a source book or something about this show because there's a lot of like great elements, magic items, um, uh, variations of monsters that they can use for like stories. You know, I don't know. I'm going to guess it's the same reason why we didn't get action figures of the main characters. Um, and that is licensing. Mm. Boring answer that no one ever wants to hear because it's it's just prosaic and so, uh, so disheartening. Just yeah. somebody has the license and so somebody else can't use it. That's my guess. I don't know. Uh, but you're right. There are all sorts of things to, that you could take from this show not you know we've already mentioned a couple that uh, that fantastic box that's great that you know they had some great monsters just some little things i remember in one episode um they had they fought these snail men uh, who who captured them all with slime lassos <laughs> oh uh, i have to be older yeah yeah that, that was kind of cool <laughs> um and they had some great locations. Remember the uh, the Prison of Agony? Yes. Bended over the volcano. Oh, that was pretty cool. By chains. That was, that was pretty neat. Um, I forgot the name of the episode. Was, there was one where they were losing the, their weapons powers. So they went to this like um, uh, place with this giant skull and they had to put the weapons in there. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then, the, and then when Venger was trying to mess things up, ghosts came out and tried to fight them, uh, fight Venger. That, that, was, that was fun. Yeah, no, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. There were there were some some clever little ideas, some little tricks, uh, <laughs> like the the characters, uh, the the kids are uh, confronted by two dungeon masters, uh, each one calling the other one the imposter, and we all know the situation. Uh, you know the the two, the, you know which one's the real one, uh, and the 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 uh, the twist was that they were both imposters. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, that's mean. I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that one. <laughs> they were both imposters. Yeah, but but that's clever. Not many shows, yeah. even nowadays, do that. Yeah, in my opinion. What what you think of Venture? Um. Okay. The absolute first thing I have to say is that one horn on the side of his helmet. 
I think that was a bad design decision. He just looked <laughs> lopsided. I think like he's going to fall over. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I just didn't like that. And also, not not to pick on him, but, um, uh, you know, he, he had fangs. But for most of the show, the fangs were like the two front teeth. So yeah. it looked like he had an overbite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fangs look better on the side of your mouth than right out sticking out the front. <laughs> maybe um, because he wasn't. Maybe because you know, if you read, if you watch Requiem, he wasn't like fully evil just yet. He was close. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It, it could be that. Um, uh, he, I mean, uh, uh, his. I think he's a he's a great character only because of the, especially because of the voice acting. Um, yep. Peter Cullen. Same yep. guy who does Optimus Prime, which is funny. It's like I didn't realize that two years later. So <laughs> like, I, I listened to it. I was like, wait a second. Let me check the credits. <laughs> um, but uh, so I think he did a great job with with that. Um, uh, Shadow Beast or Shadow Demon. The Shadow um, Demon. His, 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 uh, yeah. His second his, in command. Second in command. You know? I liked Shadow Demon. Shadow Demon was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, Shelby's very cool. Um, he was pretty much the main villain throughout most of the episodes. Only a few. Um, uh, uh, City of the Edge of Midnight, for example, is one of the few ones where that he's not in it at all, which is interesting. Mm. You know, Tiamat. I, I love dragons now because of Tiamat. I, I, I don't something about a five-headed dragon. I don't know. It's, like, it's funny because Tiamat in the D&D and in Dragonlands are very different. But yeah. the Tiamat in the yeah. cartoon series, I liked a lot. Um, yeah, I like I like. I like Tiamat, although there was uh, early on, anyway, they were a little inconsistent about her size, and she kept springing up from all sorts of places. Like there was one episode where they she just like popped out of a closet. <laughs> How did a five-headed <laughs> dragon get in here? What's going on? Yeah, the villains were good. Um, the, the I thought I thought most of the quests that they went through were fun to watch. Um, again, it, almost every every episode had different monsters, so you would never. Yeah. Really, I never felt really bored. It was always something new and different. That yeah. they went. and I like the way they kind of, kind of, um, kind of, sh you know, surprised you, kind of changed things around. Like in the beginning, I was thinking, "Wow, the moral of the story is never trust an NPC. These people are all terrible." <laughs> but as I watched more episodes, they kind of mixed that up a little bit, and sometimes. Uh, you know, what I, I, I like a show um, that has beautiful evil characters and ugly good characters. I just find it really simplistic when when all the good characters are beautiful and, and all the bad characters are just hideous. <laughs> so they, they switch that up a little bit. Um, and, you know, you weren't always certain whether someone was going to be good or bad. Uh, any thoughts about the main characters? Um, well, uh, I thought, well, okay, Hank's bow is just too powerful. It, <laughs> it, it just does whatever he needs it to do. Like sometimes it creates light, sometimes it shoots people, sometimes it turns into rope, sometimes it just, you know, there was one time he he broke a spell just by kind of shooting it into the air. Like, what, how did that, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Um, and uh, who, who was the Sheila? Um, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was kind of mean to call her a thief, just because she had the cloak of invisibility. I mean, she never stole anything. She never even <laughs> thief the ride. She, didn't, she didn't even really sneak much, except when she put the cloak on. Uh, so I was like, "Geez, okay." <laughs> 
Um, Diana, the acrobat, I liked her. I thought I thought she was pretty good. Um, and I, I liked her. Uh, I, I liked the fact that she was a gymnast before she even got to the realm. So that her power didn't all come from her device. She had that magical staff, but she was a gymnast anyway. She, she could flip around and do things. She was the only one I thought who actually had, well, any sort of abilities beyond the, the magical weapons. The rest of them were just kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, 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 the acrobat class is very strange to me. I like to know, did the show come up with that? And the show came up with that first. Why? Like, like of all the different things you could be, like, like I don't know. It's like where they they couldn't find a think of a, a think of a different fighter class or or something to well, go with it. Acrobat's actually a thief acrobat, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the full name of the class is thief acrobat. Uh, like I said, it was introduced in a Dragon magazine. I don't have the exact date. Um, I actually played one uh, once. <laughs> hmm. um, it, it it was really a, a thief class with extra flippy jumpy bits. Bobby, the, the the little barbarian, he was he was fun. He was a you know a nine year old. Um, I guess the you know the biggest problem for me was Eric. Um, I was clearly not supposed to like Eric. He was the spoiled rich kid uh, who you know social norms of the time dictated was was always on the outs because he's in he didn't agree with the group. And 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 sure he was he was spoiled and. He complained a lot and he was cowardly, but the rest of the kids were just so mean to him. I mean, just constantly, just every time, you know, in that sort of casual way that kids can have, um, but it was always directed against him. They were never casually mean at each other. So mm -hmm. I always felt really bad for Eric. Mm -hmm. Plus, like I said, he's a cavalier, but he didn't have a mount or a sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they did try and play trying to cast him like the way would uh, the best i could think of is reggie from the archies this this rich kid who thinks he knows everything and and of course he always has pie on his face because you know yeah you know. and then they all you know the but the the he was the butt of almost all the jokes like haha let's laugh at him <laughs> yeah uh, eh, i don't know like i said it was it was a product of its time but yeah, Presto's a very interesting character. He has a a, a hat that pretty much is yep. a wish spell every time he uses yeah. it. You know, yeah. and, and the DM always messes with like, oh, I need this weapon, like, uh, and it becomes something that is a pun of something. Uh, was it? What, what was it? It was I forgot what episode it was, but he was like, um, uh, help help me so that they won't, that I won't be able to, to see them or something like that. And it puts like a pail or something on his head, like, okay, yeah, technically, yeah, you won't be able to see them or have them yeah. disappear. Yeah, his his magic hat was was a joke. <laughs> it was there. It was there to be a joke until it wasn't, and then then it was there to save the day. So, but he was a fun character. I I liked him, and I loved the fact that he stayed behind. Um, in in Requiem, I was reading about it. I don't know if that was the original ending that the script writers wrote. Because uh, uh, the scriptwriters wrote the ending to be open ended, so it was yeah. it was they were hoping to get another season of the show, and so they wanted to write an ending that would be both an ending the season three and the series if needed to be, but also could be a continuation for a season four. Um, and it turns out it was canceled, and they didn't even get to put 
the episode on. But um, in the, the fan animated version, um, Presto stays in the realm and, and, um, and uh, becomes, well, he becomes uh, uh, Avengers um, apprentice, the, the new reformed Avenger. Yeah. Because in one of the earlier episodes, Avenger pretending to be Merlin had taken on Presto as a um, apprentice. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I, yeah, I liked him. He, he was, he was pretty good. Mm. Um, yeah. They, they had a, you know, I don't know if that would actually work as a party. <laughs> um, and in a lot of ways, uh, the, a couple of the characters weren't really classes. They were just called that. The cavalier, like I said, never mount. The the um, the thief never did any thieving. The ranger never did any ranging. <laughs> he, <laughs> he had a bow, but he never, you know, he never talked to animals or tracked anything down or anything. He was just he was a guy in a just in green with a bow. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, they weren't really the classes except for the barbarian, the wizard, and the uh, acrobat. And Bobby and Uni were good characters. You know, you got the young kid who fits the barbarian. Probably out of all of them, maybe he fit the barbarian trope the best because he was very, you know, he always started with his heart <laughs> and yep. always a little yep. reckless yep. Um, yeah. and yeah. has the most destructive weapon of, of all of them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was earthquake making uh, cub, uh, not cub, um, <laughs> club. club. <laughs> club. <laughs> that somehow um, and, never managed to damage them. Yeah. Uh, like the, the, there was one episode where they were in a cave behind the waterfall that was actually um, forming the edge of a natural reservoir. Like, you know, so there was a there was a lake up here and a waterfall and there was a cave underneath it and they were being chased by a dragon or something. Um, and they run into the cave and the dragon's following them and Bobby thinks it's a good idea to knock a hole in the wall and it just collapses the whole cliff face and, you know, the, the thousands of ton of... of of, of lake water just comes down and washes the way to dragon and everything. And then next scene, the characters are run away. Like, oh, wow, that worked. <laughs> what? Okay, fine. It's a cartoon, I guess. But, you know, they were literally, they were literally in the cave that he collapsed <laughs> under, <laughs> under a lake. So clearly it was a cartoon. So it was using cartoon logic. So there was this one little scene where somebody was running down up upstairs and the stairs are being destroyed behind them and i thought oh yeah wow one-way stairs that could be a cool trap that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the way my mind works hmm. <laughs> always thinking of things to horrible things to do to my characters but <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you know it's a fun show um and uh it's all available online so go on the youtube and check it out yeah and i believe that, i mean you could get all 26 episodes plus the I think that's the extra credits um, features have talks about Requiem, uh, but you could get that on DVD right now as well. And uh, yep. I think it's still very affordable. Yeah. Um, I, I'm hoping one day that someone out there makes the final episode or maybe even reboots the series. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing a reboot. I know people tend to fear reboots, but I'd like to see 
I, I think this is like a really great potential for us for something more to happen. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how time goes. That you know, that makes sense. I mean, uh, Wizards of the Coast is doing all sorts of things with the license, and and the game does seem to be aiming at a younger audience. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did a, a cartoon. Um, I just hope they, uh, I hope they make it a sequel. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be fantastic. Like Presto is grown up and, you know, is, is an NPC, He's, you know, and, and there's, it's a new group of kids or something. That would be your Presto could be the new dungeon master or something. Oh, like, that's, that's actually a great idea. When you when you're watching the um, uh, the fan made um, uh, requiem, after the credits, there's this little there's an after credit scene where there's a um, a sign hanging from a tree that, that, that's pointing off screen. It says to Presto's castle. <laughs> that right. was really awesome. So Presto goes on to become a wizard. But that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that. That'd be neat. Indeed. So, uh, anyone watching this, um, uh, let us know what you think is your favorite episodes, favorite moments from the show. Uh, hope you uh, uh, enjoyed the segment. And I guess that's that's it. So, uh, be safe out there and have a good day. All right. Take care.